prayers um, based on the way I feel and, and my, my few thoughts. It won't be a long message. I, I always say that I know. Michelle told somebody yesterday, they said, we listened to you all the way to Florida. And Michelle said, that was probably just one sermon. <laughs> so anyway, um, but I did wake up. I, don't, I really don't feel good. But if, if the Lord will help me, I'll try to preach. Uh, Luke chapter number 5 and verse number 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of uh, Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night, and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had uh, this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the drought of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. For uh, one reason or another, I've just thought about fishing. Um, Probably before we ever left here last Sunday, I knew what the next time I was going to preach would probably be, and it was, um, it was just fishing, and, and we lost, as I said, my, my uncle this week, and, and, and boy, he loved to fish, and my other uncle who preceded him in death, he, he loved to fish, and, 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 and I always grew up loving him. I, I'm ashamed to say that I probably haven't been in about 30 years, um, and, but when I was growing up, every day, rain or shine, cold or, or hot, it seems like I was fishing somewhere, uh, and, and I loved it. And, and so this was their trade. Uh, some of these early disciples, some of the first ones, uh, actually the first ones were just fishermen. And, 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 uh, and God had, uh, let me just pause, I'm going to get ahead of myself. This was a time when Jesus had, had came forth. Now, I don't think this was the first time that, uh, that Simon Peter and Andrew had had saw Jesus, I think the account in John chapter 1 precedes this. Uh, In my opinion, uh, uh, John was baptizing and Jesus came uh, in the first chapter of John and uh, and the Bible says He came unto John and He said it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness and and John was baptizing and, and He looked up and saw Jesus coming and He said, Behold, 
the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And John baptized Jesus in the river Jordan. And the Bible says that when Jesus came out of the water, the Spirit ascended upon Him like a dove. And there was a voice from heaven that said, This is My Son in whom I am well pleased. And so I think that Simon, Peter, and Andrew, or, or one of them was there, maybe it was Andrew, and, uh, and, and John said that again. He saw Jesus a few days later, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And so uh, I think Andrew was probably, and Peter was probably a disciple of John the Baptist, uh, if you want to know my opinion. But uh, when John said that, and soon after he said that, he was cast into prison. Uh, but during that time, uh, Andrew uh, went and found Simon Peter, and he said, We have found the Messiah. Uh, we have found the one that the prophet spoke of. And, and so Andrew went and found Simon Peter, and, and, uh, and they went and found James and John, and, and so they got acquainted with Jesus. But they, uh, they, uh, they, uh, they weren't called to be a disciple or an apostle yet. Uh, they were still fishermen. Uh, but as I said, I've not been in 30 years or so. About 25 years ago, the Lord called me to preach. Uh, and since that time, I've been trying to fish a little differently. Uh, I've been trying to uh, fish for the Lord. Uh, and so He changed their vocation at this time. Uh, that, that, uh, but Jesus is coming out now. John is now in prison. And Jesus has began uh, that public ministry. And, and He came. Uh, raised up in Nazareth uh, and as he started to preach he uh, went out of Nazareth and he went into Galilee and into those lands uh, and I believe here he was just upon uh, the shore walking uh, uh, Capernaum was on one side I think and, and anyway he was walking on the shore and, and there was such a great multitude uh, that followed him wherever that he went uh, and, and so people were uh, most of them I think were just folk because it said they are the ones that heard him gladly. He was speaking such things that, uh, that touched their soul in such a way that they followed him. And now he comes up upon uh, these two ships uh, and, and, and Simon Peter and Andrew uh, had one and James and John had the other. And apparently they, they were out of their ships. They had been fishing at night. And apparently now they were uh, on the shore washing their nails. And, and Jesus went into one of the boats. That's why I said I think they were already acquainted. He climbed up into Simon Peter's boat. And he said, I thrust out a little bit from the land. And he sat down in that boat. And he taught the people. And I can imagine how serene that must have been uh, on a calm water. It wasn't a rough water where they were at, but on a calm water, uh, just thrust out a little bit, uh, set the Lord and Savior in this little fishing ship, and the multitude of people were on the land hanging on to every word that he had to say. And as he, uh, we don't know what he taught that day. We don't know what he preached that day. Uh, but there came a moment when he was finished. He said, now Simon, uh, Simon Peter launched out into the deep. Uh, now you've got to remember Simon Peter was tired. He was dirty. Uh, fishing in those days uh, was net fishing. It wasn't line fishing. 
like we have today. But it was net fishing, and it was a it was a work. It it wasn't something you done for sport. Because they had these great nets, and there was weights that were attached to them, and they would throw them out. And and sometimes one would have to jump off and gird his fishing coat and jump off into the water and tie up the bottom before they raised it up. Other times there would be a net between two ships and they would drag it. But it was hard work. And so they were there. And he said, thrust out and launch out into the deep. And Simon Peter said, Lord, we've toiled all the night and we've not caught a thing. Now, I've been fishing several times and I didn't catch a thing. A lot of times I went and never even got a bite. But I enjoyed that time being out there on the water. But this wasn't like that. They were they were hard. They were working. They were stinky. They smelled like fish. They smelled like the water. They had almost got their nets clean. They were just now. They had worked all night long. And all they wanted to do uh, was to get home uh, and get some rest uh, and get into bed and try maybe again the next day. Uh, They were stinky and smelly and tired. uh, And it would have been awfully easy for Peter to say now, uh, now Lord, you just came a little too late now. Uh, We've already finished up. Uh, We've already drew our nets on the shore. Uh, We've already begun to wash them. There's no sense in getting them dirty again. Uh, There's no sense in us getting back out in that grind. Besides, the night time was the best time. And if we didn't catch any during the night, then we're surely not going to catch anything now. And he said, but nevertheless, because you said so, I'll do it. And so, uh, what faith? Uh, in other words, uh, uh, in other words, uh, uh, there was something inside of Peter uh, that said, "Lord, I'm tired, uh, but I'll go. Uh, Lord, I'm weak, uh, uh, but I'll go. Uh, Lord, I'm dirty, uh, but I'll go. Uh, I'd like to be at home resting, uh, but I'll go. Uh, I've just got finished cleaning my nets, uh, but I'll go." Because you told me to go. I believe Peter loved him. I believe uh, there's evidence. I know Peter denied him and all of that. But I believe Peter loved him with all of his heart. And he said, I'll go. Let me tell you something, church. Sometimes when you're at your lowest, Paul said, when I'm weak, and I'm made strong. And so sometimes when you don't feel like it, as Belinda said, the Lord can light a fire under you. And because that, even when it goes against what you know is reason, there's nothing there, Lord. We fished in this spot already. And if they didn't, if we didn't catch nothing in the night, then surely now that the sun's beaten down, uh, there's not going to be any fish there. And so even when uh, what he tells you seems to go against reason, nevertheless, at thy word, Lord, I'll do it. And so he did. He cast that net, uh, that clean net. He cast it back into the ground. And all night long, as they, as they, as they cast it in time after time and drew it back up, uh, it was full of garbage, uh, but nothing good. As they mended and washed their nets, uh, they got all the seaweed, uh, they got all the trash, uh, everything out of that net. Uh, and now it was time to dirty it again. 
because God said to do it. And so Peter cast that net over the edge and something wonderful happened. Immediately, there was a multitude of fishes that ran right into that net in such a manner that they had thrust out now into the deep. You see, sometimes serving the Lord, sometimes people want to say how in the shallow part, I'll say sometimes, brother, you've got to launch out into the deep. And so you'll never catch anything on the shore. Uh, but, but sadly, a lot of people's knowledge and understanding of the Lord only gets that deep. And they've never really trusted enough to launch out into the deep. Uh, but they were a great ways off now. And they couldn't hear people on the shore. And the people on the shore couldn't hear them. And so the Bible said Simon Peter beckoned unto them. In other words, he began to wave his arms. He began to wave his hands. And maybe he jumped up and down. He was trying to get the attention of his partners, James and John, to come out here and help us. Because there's a great multitude Sometimes the man of God will say that to the church. We need your help. And sometimes the church will have to say that to the Lord. That we are helpless without the power of God. And there is nothing that we can accomplish without the power of the Spirit. And the anointing and the unction that comes down from above. If we try that uh, without the power and the unction and the anointing, uh, we'll draw up that net empty every time. But the Bible said he got their attention. James and John loaded up in their ship and they went out to their partner. Ain't it good when you have brothers and sisters that will help you in a time of need? And so he beckoned unto them, saying, I can't do this without you. There's too much work here for one or two men. And me and my brother Andrew, we can't land these fish. By ourselves. I'll say to you today, church, uh, the revival helpers that you've got coming, uh, put me and them together. We cannot do this without your help. Amen. And without the help of an almighty God. Amen. And so they beckoned unto him. And they ran out there on their ship. And the Bible said that their nets begin to break. And even such a way that their ships begin to sink. And Simon Peter fell down at the Lord's feet. And he said, he said, depart from me, O Lord. In other words, he realized he was in the presence of one so holy. You see, being in the presence of the Lord and let you know how sinful that we really are. Now, reading the Word of God that lets us know how sinful we really are. Uh, but, uh, but you see, uh, there's, a, there's a message in that for not just preachers, but for every born again believer. Uh, you see, uh, he has said, he said, don't fear. Peter, don't you be afraid. Uh, he said, from now on, you shall catch men. The other, uh, the other, uh, the other uh, uh, gospels say uh, that, that follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. You see, it's not about what we are now. It's what he's going to make us to become. And that's what he told them. Follow me. Come after me. And I will make you to become fishers of men. Now what does that really mean? It means that, that just as my fishing 
shifted from the physical to the spiritual. He was telling those apostles that, that just forget about fishing for a while. I know it's how you make your living. I know it's how you put food on the table. But I'm still going to let you fish just after a different kind of, just after something else. He said, you're going to catch men. And so from that time, they still cast their net into the water. Uh, but it wasn't a physical net. It was a gospel net. And they still cast it on dry land. You might say they were dry land fishing. They cast their net everywhere they went. And they would draw it up and cast it again. In the times when it was hard. At times when they were weary. At times when they were filthy. Times when they were stinky. And yet in faith, they began to cast it. Cast it out. And that same man, a few years later, casted a net so broad, 3,000 people were saved at one time. That was, that was the foreshadowing of Pentecost. How when His net began to break and the ship began to sink, how Jesus was telling Simon Peter, how there's coming a day how you shall catch men by the net full. And so He did. And so we've got a gospel net. We've got a net that, uh, that we need to be cast in. Uh, but you see, I thought about growing up. I love to fish. I mean, rain or snow, as I said. Uh, we were fishing somewhere. I mean, usually Brother Jeremy Oakley every day. He didn't have no cell phones. Mom and Dad didn't really know where we was at. At times, they couldn't get there in a car, so they'd send tractors out with their headlights to find us in the dark. Uh, we probably wasn't the nicest to moms and dads back then. They had no idea where we were at. Uh, but we were just fishing, not really doing anything wrong, uh, but we didn't. Uh, we just would go off and slip off. Uh, and I guess they finally come to understand that that's just who we were. Uh, but you see, the best fish that we ever caught was places that it was hard to get to. You understand what I'm saying? It was places that nobody else uh, was, was willing to go to. It was places uh, most people when they fished uh, wanted to just drive up, uh, climb out of their truck and go to the riverbank right there. But not so. You might catch a few, uh, my friend, but you won't catch many because it's been fished, uh, because it's been there and, and, and the fish are scarce because it's fished so often. But the greatest places we ever found was when we had to park the four-wheeler, park the bicycle, put on our boots, and get to wading and walking until we found the right hole of water. And so that's the way it is. Sometimes, sometimes we got to go where nobody else is. That's where the fish are. Sometimes he'll send us a... We went through some of the snakiest places, growed up over our heads. I wouldn't go back now for nothing. But you see, when I was a teenager, there was no fear of that. I wish unto God we had a little bit of that holy boldness. Amen. Today. We went through some of the roughest looking places across swamps, got chased by wild boars. I mean, we got into it all. But you see, we, we, we didn't care about anything save fishing. And so we'd get out, and we'd get daddy's internet, and we'd get in the spring. Some people fish with artificial bait, that's okay. I always preferred life myself. I always preferred the real thing. And so we would get out with the net, and we would go and get under rocks and run off the snakes that we'd get. And our net, you see, that net picks up everything. 
The Bible says in the 13th chapter of Matthew, it's compared to the kingdom of heaven. It's likened to a net, the Lord said, that it's dropped down. And when it's picked up, as somebody has to divide the good from the bad. And so it'll be in the end of the world. And there'll be a separation then. Uh, but we would get that net and we'd, we'd get minnows and skimmers. Uh, our favorite was covered with crawfish. Uh, something live. Uh, something, uh, you see, and I thought about that. And we would have to know where to cast. Uh, we would have to know the right bait. I'm so glad today. You listen to me. Maybe God's given me a second wind. Maybe some of you think I probably should have never got the first. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, we, we had to know what bait. As much as I fished, I never once saw a, uh, saw a bass go after chicken liver with a catfish wound. You see, what? A, you have to know the right bait. And God knows exactly the right bait. Uh, he knows. I've heard some of you testify. He showed me hell time. He showed me that. I was scared of that. You know what the problem is today? It's what Sister Teresa's already said. Men do not fear hell anymore. Some of you, some of you, it wasn't hellfire. But it was something else for me. I've told you this before. It was the guilt. But He knew what bait to cast for you. And He knew what bait to cast for me. And so it looked appetizing and appealing. It looked good. As a broken hearted sinner, salvation looked good. And so He cast that net for me. Had the right bait one night. He landed me. Thank God. But you had to have the right bait. You had to know where to fish. I've, I've, I've cast it over. My granny used to have a pond at my uncle's stock. They would do, uh, they would do uh, limb lines. We set limb lines all the time. And nothing greater than to uh, get down in a little John boat and you see that limb doing that. And you know, brother, there's something on the end. Sometimes it was a great big catfish. The biggest one we had was probably 46 pounds. A lot of times it was a turtle. You never knew. But you knew something was hooked. And so, so it is. You have to have the right bait in terms of line fishing. Now, you have to have the right bait. You have to cast at the right spot. You have to wait. A lot of people want to force this old people, you can't do that. You've got to wait for them to bite. And when they do, you set your hook. And God will reel them in. He'll draw them in. Amen. But every once in a while, Granny had this pond that was stocked uh, with, uh, with big hybrid bluegill, coffee, uh, yellow cats, blue cats, uh, uh, bass, as uh, long as my leg. I'm not making that up. You might say, now, preacher, I wish I could take you there. But unfortunately, the farmer who owned the land up above the pond sprayed it, sprayed their field, and it ran off and killed it all a few years ago. But they worked years in stocking that. And it was fun. But there was one bass in particular that I never could quite catch. Oh, I hooked him. I landed him. It was on an artificial lure. It on an artificial crawfish. I want you to know I'm not lying about this. That thing would come up next to the bank for years. Every time I'd go down there, it'd come up next to the bank and that lure still in his mouth. I mean, it was there taunting me. It was the one that got away. Sometimes. We let people get away. Sometimes we don't pursue it enough. Sometimes, uh, uh, son, uh, and don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong now, but you know what I'm trying to say. Sometimes they just get away. And how sad that is. 
How sad that is when one gets away. How sad it is when a saved church member gets back and living in sin. They have gotten away. It's sad. It really is. They need to repent. Really, they need to come under discipline of the church and they need to repent. It's not a fun thing, but it is a needful thing. We're talking about line fishing. We, uh, but I, 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 I want to try to title this hook, line, and sinker, and maybe that'll make a, maybe that'll make sense in just a minute. And because I want you to understand, we're not the only ones with lines in the water. You've got to understand how the devil he's fishing just like we are, and he does use artificial bait. He, we have this thing called buzz bait. And if you, you know what that is, uh, it's, a, it's got a big, great spinner on it. Uh, and when you throw it out uh, and you reel it in, uh, that big spinner does that like a big propeller. And it makes noise like that. And it gets the attention of the bass. I want you to know it's not always the devil. It's not always that he has to work in the slums. It's not always uh, that he has to get, uh, get into uh, pornography and adultery. It's the, our flesh will take care of that. Sometimes he does it through a ruse. It's artificial bait. As sometimes religion looks good. It's got a sound to it that'll grab the attention of mankind. But you see what those fish didn't realize. Underneath that big propeller and feathers, there was a three-pronged barbed hook. And only too late, they would strike on that and then they were caught. And that's the way the devil works. Just because it sounds good and it looks good doesn't mean it's the real thing. And so lots of people, I'm afraid, they vent. Now God can use. He can use. Paul said it. That He can use even television evangelists sometimes. Paul said it in Philippians chapter 1. Some preach Christ of envy and strife. Uh, but, but Christ is being preached. He can use them a bit. Uh, but sometimes, uh, sometimes man goes after the wrong thing. You know what the sad, uh, sad commentary is, Brother Ben he said while ago, our churches can't get along. I believe they think they're following the right faith. And uh, bless your heart, they have been deceived. Huh? Line and sinker. They're good people. They're our brothers and our sisters. And I don't doubt they had good intentions. But what they've done is harmful. The law says has been testified today. They don't fear hell. You know why? Because they bought in. Hook, line, and sinker. And my friend, they bought in to the lies of Satan. I can firmly declare to you right now on the authority of the Word of God, hell is real. Hell is hot. If you die lost, you will go there forever. No good night. No mercy. You see what happened? You looked at the things of the world and you went after the things of the world and God had good bait. He had live bait. He had the living bread came down from heaven. He's got the best bait. The good stuff. And that gospel net that will enclose around you and nothing can harm your soul ever again. He's got you knitted up. Sadly, people 
by their own choice have chosen to go around that net. But He's got the best net. And when I was lost and undone, He He came line fishing for me. I don't know if anybody else got saved that night. Where a bunch could save see net fishes. But the night that I got saved, He cast one line into the water. And He cast it right by my pew. And I beat. I wanted it. It looked good. It sounded good. It tasted good. And bless your heart, when I got it, it was every bit as good as it looked and tasted. He drew me in. He set the line. He drew me from my seat just as you would reel. For there's nothing greater than hooking a big catfish. It'll put up a fight. That's just the way I was with God. I put up a fight for a while, but after a while I wore out and I surrendered. I submitted, and he drew me to shore, and he put me in his net. We'd go fishing in places. I've got pictures of us that tall with a stringer of fish as long as we were, had doubled up, had those hooks on them, and doubled up about three to a hook, and we threw some back. But you see, God doesn't throw any back. You're all a keeper, so to speak. But a lot of people are going after that. Wrong bait. The devil has many, many lines out in the water. And people are going after that. Hook, line, and sinker, that's usually usually when somebody believes something false. They'll say, yeah, they bought into that hook, line, and sinker. The danger. The danger. Sometimes I have hook fish and they run up under a bluff. No way to get them out. Sometimes I just had to cut my line. Sometimes I've just had to cut my line and let them take off. I don't say this lightly, but I say it to be the truth this morning. If everybody around us forsakes us, would not fellowship whatever, I'll dust, I'll dust the dust off my feet, I'll cut my line, and I'll still follow Him. But He's for us. It doesn't matter who's against us. Yeah. People have bought in hook, line, and sinker. They'll go to hell hook, line, and sinker. And only too late, they'll realize once they get there that God is not in this place. And mercy's not here. The blood's not available. There's no altars in hell. There's no Bibles in hell. There's no invitations in hell. There's no salvation in hell. There is torment. Torment and agony forever. That's all you'll find. The certain, the Hebrews writer says, it's a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation. But people are buying in. Has been said they don't scare. They're not fearful of hell. They don't. They're not scared. That's what's wrong with some of you today. You should be. Amen. You absolutely should be. But you're not. Because you bought into the lie that I've got time. I've got time, preacher, to straighten all of that out. You might not have any time. Today could be it for you. You're buying into that lie. Hook, line, and sinker. It'll take you down one day. Unless you repent and come unto the Lord in repentance and faith, you will die lost. 
And when He gathers up that gospel net in the last day, and you stand, we read it in Sunday school, and I'm done. Get you some. We we read in Sunday school that there's coming a day when the dead, small and great, rich or poor, black and white, every kind of race, every man, woman, boy, and girl that has ever lived will stand at a at a, at a throne one day. Right. And the books, the Bible says, will be open. And God will begin to read out of those books. And one book is a book of works. And one book is a book of life. And I don't know how many books. I know those two. There may be others. I believe this book will be there for sure. You are going to be judged out of the things in this book. And so the day that it says the seal give up its dead, death and hell will give up its dead, and they'll stand before an almighty God, and they begin to give an account on what bait they went after, on what bait that you chose. If it was good for you, bad for you, God's people will even stand and give an account when He told you to cast the net, and you didn't cast it. What does that mean? It means if He tells you to testify, testify! Because He could use that as a great net to drip down and draw sinners up. Your testimony. But, but by the same thing, if He's not telling you to, you need to keep your mouth shut. Yes, sir. That's the wrong kind of bait. You can tell. God's people can tell when He's in it. I'm not saying anything you don't know. I'm saying let's just do your job. Cast your your net's not my net. And sometimes you're going to line fish. Sometimes you have an opportunity to net fish. Uh, but it's not. It, it's work. It's grimy. It's dirty. It's stinky. And it's smelly. Uh, but my friend, uh, when bread and fish are upon the fire, you'll be thankful that you did it. That's their message. Come ahead. Don't fall in. Hook, line, and sinker. Don't do it. Launch out into the deep. If you're here today and you're lost, and you've been believing the lie, I'll say once again, you need to be saved. People say we're living in a culture where well, you just do the best you can and it'll be alright. I had somebody say that the other day. Now, brother, I believe, Benji, if you just live the best you can, God will take that into account. He might take that into account and He might punish you less if you lived a moral life, but if you're dying lost, you will still go to hell. Not just doing the best you can because we can never get there. That's what He's done. That's the, that's the gospel, man. Go ahead, brother.